Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload, number 190, The Fun Load. Uh, it is brought to you by our episode partner, a new web series called Gummy, starring, written and directed by Joe Dallow, also starring Izzy Diaz. Go to YouTube.com and search Dummy, the web series, so you can subscribe to the channel and get the newest episodes. There are two episodes in. It's really, really good. Definitely go check it out. Okay, now here's episode number 190, The Fun Load, with Joe Dallow, the aforementioned, uh, telling some great stories about punk, uh, his time and his work there, and some other great stuff. And then we talked about books and movies and all sorts of other jazz. Uh, it was a great conversation, so check it out. Welcome back to the program. This is uh, Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode number 189, Supplemental. We're back. Hi, guys. Hi, Cal. Hi. We're still here. You're still here. You, you were wearing the same, you didn't costume change. No, I can't. I just came back. I changed the shirt. Same color, just a different shirt. Right. PJ has a cape on. Care to explain that? I did not see the cape. It's a bird. Coming. It's a bird. It's a cape on. Oh, no, I'm sorry. A cape on. Right. <laughs> what? Hello. <laughs> wow. When does, the, when does the comedy start? <laughs> what gives? <laughs> hey, what gives? What oh, wait, gives? But people, people, people don't know That's what that right. is. That's a call back there. Good job by you. Right. Where does what gives comes from, comes from? It comes from Pal Joey. That's where it was first used. Really? Yeah. So it, I so looked that one up. A Sinatraism? I guess, yeah. So, for, so well, this is a perfect intro for Joe Dallow, because <laughs> Joe, uh, Joe used to be the Sammy Davis Jr. to my Frank Sinatra when we would do karaoke. So, I think going forward, guys, we have to say what gives. Like, hey, what gives? You over there, smiley. You got the Mickey Mouse T-shirt on. What gives? I got pieces. <laughs> I got chunks bigger than you in my stool. All right. What was the, what was the Hartman line? It's the best line ever. That was it. Was it? I got that chunks, was it. chunks bigger than you in my stool. Um, all right, let's bring in Joe. Is this you ain't got no fine kindling and some wine Master for a mind But your blood is Always sitting down No way to get around Remember I'm your town Without me or there me talking to you You know I don't mean it You for Mr. Cleave But it's time I'm I can hear a click and buzz. 
guy, aren't you? Ass clown. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Steve. Hi. Uh, I'd like that you talk about stool and then go, yeah, and uh, now let me bring on Joe Dallow. <laughs> Yes, uh, Joe. Welcome to uh, welcome to the program, buddy. Um, it's great to have you on. I haven't talked to you in a while. I haven't seen you in a bit. But um, uh, congratulations on the on the show, man. This is this is super cool. We're talking about uh, your new web series on the YouTube and uh, on the YouTube channel. There's been two episodes so far. Um, Joe, I've known you 15, 16 years, man, and I seriously just want to say I'm super proud of you. And uh, how's it going? How's it being received? Is it going well? It is going so well. I mean, like, you just heard that song that somebody put together for us because they liked the web series so much that they were like, yeah, I would love to do a, a song for it. And then they, they're just doing things like that for us. And, you know, I'm out here in L.A. and and I'm doing, you know, prop masters are calling me. Hey, man, if you need any help with Gummy, I love that show. It's so good. And so it feels, feels really great, man. And I feel like I've kind of found something, I call it, the, my original idea, like I finally got my original idea after all these years, took took like what a lifetime to find them. Yeah, you're like a 26 year old overnight success. So good job, everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, a couple things that I think the guys here. We'll talk more about the the series in a bit, but a couple things that the guys here will find of note. I know PJ will, um, and I know Cal will too. Your background. <laughs> Your background working on uh, punk Yeah. Now, now uh, you guys don't know, Joe was uh, one of the art directors on punk for years. So you've got to tell PJ and, and Cal some of, like, just give us your best punk story. Oh, uh, well, there's a punk you'll never see where um, the Black Eyed Peas were supposed to think that this ritzy house in Hollywood was actually filled with hookers. And uh, so we had the show going, and everything's going great. And we're by the pool, and all of a sudden the, the cops, I'm doing the quotes with my fingers right now, the cops come running in, <laughs> and one of the black guys' people is, like, hepped up on something. We don't know. And he just screams and, like, punches our cop actor, shoves a girl in the pool, and then tackles a real cop, you know, because in L.A., real cops actually play cops. Correct. Into the pool, and I'm, I'm behind this big glass window, and the black eyed peas are on the deck, and I see every single one of the peas reach into their jacket, and put them over the put it over the fence and drop something, and I'm like, I gotta know what happened. What happened? So as soon as the bit is over, I run down into the trees into the woods, I break through, and as I come out, all the black eyed peas have now gotten their stuff and are just walking by me, and all I could do is like, oh hey, how's, hi, how's it going? Hey, and we're all just like, in the middle of the woods for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> I love that. That's so awesome. That, that must have been the, that must have been the most insane. How long did you work on Punk? I did all nine seasons. I started at the end of season one and then just ran all nine seasons. It, it, every episode, I, I probably every episode, I have some something that happened or some weirdness or the episodes you never saw, like the Bobby Brown. Nobody ever saw Bobby Brown. Yes. Oh dear. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Do you want to know the Bobby Brown one? Because it's kind of funny. Yes. I demand to know the Bobby Brown one. <laughs> <laughs> so Bobby Brown is supposed to punk Jimmy Kimmel. And uh, it's it's 10 a.m. in the morning. And my job is to hand the golf club over to Bobby Brown. 
because Bobby Brown is supposed to get cut off, and while Jimmy Kimmel's in the car, he's going to get out of his car while he, that he's driving and grab a golf club and start smashing this other car. And I hand it to Bobby Brown, and Bobby Brown goes, What? Bobby Brown just to smash something with a golf club? Oh, that's good, because Bobby Brown got a lighter inside of him. <laughs> he smelled of vodka and booze. And I turn to the producer, and I go, Are, are we going to let him drive a car? <laughs> and they're like, What? And I'm like, Bobby Brown's, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, and he's drunk. I go away. I go to craft services. I'm eating something. Ten minutes later, here. Okay, today's bid has been canceled. <laughs> I walk over. <laughs> an Escalade pulls up, and Whitney Houston's screaming, That's that freaking guy! Get the freaking guy! And he's like, Come to me a wall! Play me a And they scream and yell, shut the door, and drive away. It was like 10.30 in the morning at this point. <laughs> the, the best thing about that is that, like, that's a sketch you'd write on SNL for a punked episode with Bobby Brown. I mean, what do you say to Bobby Brown when he's like, I'm going to smash something. I'm saying, okay, Bobby, don't, let, let, me have, let me have that golf club from you for a second. Can I just hold that for a while? Can, can we wait till the camera's rolling, Bobby? I feel like we should probably wait till the camera's rolling for you to smash and destroy anything. You guys used to... say Brown smash you up, but he did look a little bit like Flav the Flav. Yes. Well, did he have a huge clock around his neck? He needed, that's a clock around. he needed a clock around his head. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a giveaway. So you, uh, Joe and I uh, were on tour together years ago in Tony and Tina's wedding. Um, that's where I first met you 15 years ago. But years, you were in the original cast of uh, Tony and Tina's in Philly, right? Philly, yeah. Yeah, they so did the you, show in New York, and then yeah. they decided to try it somewhere else, and that was the show I did. I was, I was yeah. the third original ex, ex-boyfriend of Tina. And that was, what, like, 89? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, eight, no, it's 80. Let me see. Yeah, yeah 89, because I was in college and I left. I was like, I'm going to go do a play about a wedding. And then, lo and behold, it pretty much, you know, causes therapy after a while. Yes. Now, were you, when did you start doing stand-up, though? I started doing stand-up when I was doing the Philly show. It was, like, 89, so... Back then, in the 80s, it was like at the, you know, that, that hill ran really fast up, and then you had, like, your Seinfeld shows, and all comedy was huge. So in 89, yeah. I decided I wanted to do Funny Bone and try some stand-up. And I, 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 all I remember is I did impressions, which I didn't know I was a hack. I was a hack before I knew what a hack was. <laughs> and I get done, and Ralph Harris, who's an amazing comedian, I, you know, I didn't know who he was at the time, but it, look him up. He's a hilarious comedian, does really well. Um he comes by me and he goes, you know, I wouldn't do the impressions. It's kind of hacky. And I'm like, well, it's just my first time up. And he looked at me and went, this is your first time? Stick with it. <laughs> Stick with it. You should keep on doing this. So I did it for right. for a long time. I did it for like seven years. Yeah. it's uh, That's not an easy go. Now, who were you were you working with at that time that went on and hit? Um, who went on and hit? Paul F. Tompkins killed after a while. He was big. Yeah. I remember watching Ray Romano when he was just not starting out, but he was he was like the new comic in Philly, and he was funny then. And he really was nice. You had you had to love the guy. He really was a super person. Right. Everybody uh, I, uh, I, loves him, I believe. Uh, everybody. I'm, it's the, the rule. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Especially the yeah, Um. I got to see a lot. I got to open for Dom Herrera. That was pretty awesome. Oh, Dom was Dom Herrera is Philly comedy, right? I mean, he's oh, big Petey, little Petey, Reed Petey, <laughs> Orthopedic. 
Also, Marinara, Tony Bag of Donuts. Tony yeah. Bag of Donuts. Carmen Lemon, Lemon Cola. I, uh, <laughs> I, to- I told these guys, Joe, I saw him at the store. No. Yeah, no, it was at the comedy store years ago with my buddy Terry Scannell, from, from, also from Philly. And they had had a mutual friend. And I, my face hurt. Like, it, was the most, uh, it was the most ridiculous hour and 15 minutes. He didn't just kill he slayed. Like, it was, it was uh, unbelievable. And I knew who he was. I had seen him on Young Comedian Special and stuff like that. This is like in probably 96 or 97. So he had been around for a long time by that point. And that we knew who he was. Joe, he killed. He killed. Uh, my, face, my face was killing me. And then I met him after the, you know, we met him after the show, and he was the same guy. He was just that guy. He was just, oh, look at you. You're just an actor. All right. You just, we did a little 90210 sideburns. Why don't you just go get a job on a, on a soap opera and let the rest of us just eat your crumbs? Because that's what you're going to do. Because you're just an actor. You know, <laughs> you know how was, nice yeah, of a guy he is, know. Steve? Let me tell you how nice of a guy he is. I worked with him back in, you know, had to be 90, probably 1990. And um, I saw him again in a comedy club out here in L.A. 10 years later. And or no, it's probably like twelve years later. And I walk up to him, and, I, and he was doing a benefit. And I walked. It was a small club, and I walked up to him, and I said, and he looked at me, and he kind of gave me that face of like he kind of recognized me a little bit. How I don't know. Um, and then I go, I go, hey Dom, I said I worked with you a long time ago. And I went, my name's Joe Dallow, and he just started going, Joe Dallow. How could I forget a name like that? And he totally remembered me, and totally we wound up talking for like ten minutes. The nicest guy. We, and he talked about we because that night we walked off. He walked. He was down the hall, and he thought his show wasn't starting, and then he announced to me on a run to the, to the entrance of the club because he was going out to just chill for a little bit. And right. I was like, what a great guy. Just, and funny yeah. in real life. Oh, tremendously funny. He's, he's just a, he's a regular guy. We were talking, Cal, did you, uh, Cal and Pete, did you guys watch Dr. Katz? No. PJ, you had to have. I demand satisfaction, PJ. Sorry, I had sorry my mic was up. Yes, I have the DVDs. They are behind me. Can you not see them in the in the screen? <laughs> I can. Are you selling me a rug? All right. Um, the the uh, all rugs today. Doctor Katz, Cal was. You, you got to go back and watch it if you can find it on on Netflix or just borrow PJ's DVDs. Just borrow because, it for me. What the heck? Because it's there's so much. Joe, did you watch Doctor Katz? There's so much brilliance going on on that show. Yeah. Because the the. Yeah. The premise was perfect. Like you were talking earlier about Dummy Joe, right? Like you finally found something with this web series, and it's <laughs> PJ's got to go get them. Um, you found something with this web series is like your thing, and it's kind of like your way in. Jonathan Katz and that show, Cal, it could not have been more perfect. Yeah, could not have. Yeah. Been, and H. John Benjamin played his son, so the uh, the guy who's on Archer now who plays Archer. Uh, who does the voice of Archer. And their their rapport and their repartee and their back and forth was unbelievable. <laughs> By the way, I said the same thing three times in two languages. Um, was fantastic. And then the premise of a shrink for comedians. Like, that's all he is. He's a, he's a shrink for comedians. So they basically, and every comedian has a therapist and so he basically, they would basically like come in and do routines, you know, essentially do their material, and it worked perfectly with a therapist. That's great. The show was unbelievable. And Dom, I remember. It's like 12 
It's like uh, coffee and a cat. What is it? Cars, yeah, coffee. You're right. Comedian, comedians and cars getting coffee. Thing. It's a great, it's just a perfect niche. It, it really was. And Dom Irera has, and the other great thing was it was animated. So whatever they would oh be God. talking about, <laughs> whatever the comedian would be talking about in his session, they would animate. And Dom Irera has the one reason. <laughs> You know, Doc. The other day, I had a dream. I was just dreaming. Of, you know, I want to. I, I like. I want to. I want you to get on all fours. I had a dream where you were on all fours, and I was riding you around the office, and you had, and you had, and you know, but not in a gay way, like in a manly way. Like I was just riding you. I was on top of you, and you had you had a Viking helmet on, and I was hanging on to your horns. I'm just riding you around you, but not a gay way. But like two men, like men would ride on top of each other, like you were a speed. <laughs> And they're and they're showing it like so they cut to it obviously. It is. We were just laughing about it the other day. It's it's so good that show way ahead of its time, way ahead of its time. Oh god, and yeah. The voice acting on it is in, incredible. It really Some of the is. Car, and the animation was in that like trippy wavy line. Squ- squiggle vision. It was squiggle vision. Right. Squiggle vision. Yeah. Okay, Joe, I thought you, I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> right. I watched every episode completely hammered. Um, Joe, have you have you watched have you watched the leftovers at all? No. Okay, good. Because PJ's over here. PJ's the only one who stuck with it. I watched three episodes and I had to give it up. It was oh. it was destroying my life. But PJ's died. Just tell me what you got to tell me, Peach, about episode nine. What? No, this is. <laughs> I wanted to talk about. And we could save this for uh, a, a longer segment, but uh, talk about um, when a show becomes important, like in quotes. This is important. Like you have to find someone and get them in on it. Like okay. I had a friend who getting me to watch Blue Velvet was the most important thing in his life, and he haunted me for an entire summer. We have got to sit down and watch Blue Velvet because it's going to change. And he knew it's going to change you. Sit, watch. And then we finally did it, and I blew up. It was amazing. I think that The Leftovers qualifies, even though it's. I, I told my wife I've never I've never enjoyed existential terror before, but because that's what the show is. I mean, you, you literally, but when the show is over, you're like clutching the couch, like, oh, my God, I, please, am I still here? I don't want anything to suck me into the void. Um, I had to stop watching it. I had to stop. I got to episode three, and I had, to, I had, a, I had a, a, basically an existential mortality crisis a night after watching episode three that I was up It'll from do about, it. you know, 2 o'clock in the morning to 6.30 in the morning contemplating whether I was alive or not and if I should be. And what would happen if I just... I, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. There was no enjoyment. No enjoyment. PJ seems to, though. <laughs> it's, he, it's, he enjoyed my mortality. Fine, there is a fine line. There is a fine line be- between, like, am I enjoying this or am I just captivated by it? And, but it's, but it's, it's horrifying me. But this is, you, um, just brought up, you just brought up something great, and I want... I'm, I want us all four to get into this. Because, Joe, I know you can speak to this too, Joe. Because you park your car in the same garage as all of us. All right? So you just... You... <laughs> hey, oh. 
Leave your kids. Settle down. This is a family show. This is a family show. Um, and that is the idea of somebody presenting something to you that, like, g- give me, you, you just said Blue Velvet, Peach, as that example of yeah. something that was brought to you, whether it was a movie or an album. Let's do movies. Something that was brought to you and somebody told you you had to watch it and it changed you in the way, or it affected you in the way they said it would. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, give me, give, give me another example, Peach. Give me a movie. Uh, um, like, uh, okay, a real mind bender. Yeah, and again, I, I had to be uh, talked into it. Let you down. Well, okay. Well, the, uh, another one that that went gangbusters for me um, was Brazil, the Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Movie. Uh, and, oh man, there have been there have been so many that have left me flat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I just throw up the popcorn. I'm like, this stinks. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Joe, give me, uh, Joe, give me one. Give me a movie that somebody told you, oh, dude, you got to see this movie, and they were right. There's a movie called Closetland. <gasps> Alan Rickman and Madeline Stowe, you can't even find it. That's and it's amazing. About, that movie <laughs> affected me. I, I can't find that movie. Did you ever see it? VHS. Closet Oh, it, it, it's about a, Did you see me, it, CJ? Me and Joe are just going to talk for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't so believe you saw movie. that. That movie, um, it's about a, 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 a guy. It's a fictitious world where Alan Rickman's interrogating her because she wrote a children's novel and he wants her to admit that it's to make the children rebel against the government someday. It is an amazing movie, and he, wow. he interrogates her, and it is amazing. It's not even on DVD, PJ. Not even on. Not it's a crime. Even on that, that movie's amazing. It's a crime. Yeah, I think I, I saw that in like 1988. That, that, that sound like the right time frame? Yeah. I remember because wow. it was one of the. Somebody was like, watch this movie, and I'm like, what? It's just two people in this movie? You know, you're a kid, you're all. <laughs> Damn. You're that, a 78-year-old Italian kid. Huh? I said you're a 78-year-old Italian kid. There's just two people in this movie. I can't. It's just, uh, I can't see this. How am I going to eat pasta with people? 91, 1991. Wow. 91? Yeah. Yeah. You guys went deep cut there. Cal, you got one? You got Come on. Give me one. Um, did, you yeah. just, did you just openly we stop the in the mic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rocky. Really? Rocky was yeah, like my. That's a good movie. I like yeah. that movie a lot. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> what were you in your twenties when you saw it? No, no, I was I was I was a teenager when I first saw it. Rocky Two was actually the first movie that I saw before I saw Rocky One, and that was kind of actually it might have been even younger. When I first saw it, that was my introduction to sports movies. Oh wow! Like that's the first nice sports movie that I saw. That's yeah, that's a hell of an intro. Yeah, and it was they haven't all been like that. No. <laughs> my my biggest letdown one ever was Apocalypse Now, by far and away. That was really? the, that was the, the everybody you got to see it you got to you got to see it. But did and you I see? Just, 
I, I liked it. It just didn't. It didn't change my life. It was supposed to change my life. I I was I, I was under the impression and told it would change my life. Cal. Star Wars Episode One. Oh, God. Biggest decision. Well, 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 but was that recommended to you? Seriously? No. no oh, but, right. but in hindsight, that was the biggest disappointment. <laughs> That's just the biggest disappointment ever. That's a shared planetary experience. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you one that was recommended to me and, and fit the bill was Rushmore. You know, somebody, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't remember... I can't remember who it was. It might have been my buddy John Woods said, you've got to see Rushmore. You've got to see this movie. It's so good. Oh, another one that was great was Clerks. See, Strongly I'm like one of the only people that, that did not go crazy over Clerks. PJ, PJ's just holding two thumbs down. Like... <laughs> He's both I'm going to hold my right thumbs now. down for the rest of the show <laughs> in honor of Clerks. So you the most non-impressive movie. I, I, I liked it. I'm sorry. Wait, PJ, you did like it or you did like it? Not a fan. Me neither. Bad acting, a lot of product placement. Just... It's because you guys are from Jersey. Okay, that's, that's not how you're getting the rest of it. Nobody from Jersey <laughs> likes that movie. Hey, we're not or all Jersey like that Shore. over here. Or Jersey Shore, that's right. <laughs> Why don't you go, go put your blowout out and, you know... Fix your hair and go. No, Reservoir Dogs is the Are you really? I'm working on a show that they're producing the same people. Oh, boy. Joe. Yeah, that's what I say every day I go to work. Oh, boy. <laughs> thank, goodness you have, thank goodness you have the web series. Something I, for your every soul. Day, all, that, all jobs do is finance your dreams. That's it. Wow. That's deep thoughts with Joe somebody, Dallow. Somebody said that to me. They said... Because I was like, I'm going to punch this guy in the face. And they said, settle down. Remember, you got Dummy the Web Series going. You got your career going. This just finances your dreams. And I was like, all right, he lives another day. I shall not punch him in the face. <laughs> he gets... Pins he gets, and needles, needles and pins. It's an angry man that grins. Yep. Wow. Boy, you are full of wisdom tonight. You're like an old, wise Yoda. Really? You really are. As oh, opposed true. to a young Yoda. Young Steve, you must know to do the right thing and not the wrong thing. Get me a See? beer. <laughs> get me a beer. Do we have Yoda saying, get me a beer? Mmm, Padwan, beer, get me. Um, <laughs> I, I, you, <laughs> you know, it's a great one, Peach, that you'll love. Come on, what movie did you go crazy over that exactly nine people have seen? Besides, yeah, besides other fans. There, there are quite a few. I don't know. Hudsucker Proxy? What? What, what, no. what? what have I seen that no one else saw? Inland Empire? No. Bubba Hotel, what? baby. Oh, Bubba Hotel. <laughs> but, but I don't list Bubba Hotel as important. I, oh, I, I wouldn't I say, like, Bubba this Hotep. is an important flick, man. Bubba Hotel is awesome. It is awesome. Cal, you love it. Very everyone. underappreciated. I love it. I love, what's that guy's, what's his name from all the first three Spider-Mans, uh, Sam Raimi's buddy. Sam Raimi. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it was and it's Bruce Campbell. It's just uh, I remember Bruce the first Campbell. time you I remember the first time you described that movie to me, PJ, and I'm like, <laughs> like so it's about these and I'm like, come on, this is not why are you why are you making this? It sounds this, like a put on. This is not a real thing. 
This can't be a real thing. This can't be. Um, I, yeah, but that's not... You know what's a, a game-changing TV show, though, was, was True Detective. You telling me to get in on True Detective. Don't, don't, I haven't mm-hmm. seen it. Don't talk about haven't? the plot. I haven't... It, what are you watching I on TV? It's what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you watching? Me? Yeah, you. I just started watching Extras with... Uh, I just started watching Extras last night, the Rick Gervaisi show. Yeah, it's very good. Is it good? Because I laughed, I laughed my, my uh, self off. I, I, laughed, I, I laughed very hard last night at the first episode. You the laughed your was, ass off? You could say yes. Uh, the Kate Winslet one, the, the first, is tremendous. I thought, I thought Extras is his... I love The Office, but Extras is... When, when the celebrities start to sort of goof on themselves, it's really enjoyable. It really is. It's really very good. Um, now, just let's get back to the web series real quick, too. Um, so you, you've done two episodes. You're going to do – how many How many you got in you? What do you got? Uh, uh, the first season is six episodes. And uh, I filmed the first one and finished it and was going to film them all, and I thought people might just think this is super weird no, but it's just the dumbest thing they've ever seen. And I got really like, I got to put it out and see. And but and then I was like, thank God I had written all six episodes, thinking I've got a great idea. And then it, it's a fear, like it was like I, I got to put this out and see what happens. And then what happened was people were going nuts. I mean, people were people I haven't heard from for in years, years were messaging me or or, or sending me a text. Love your show. Can't wait to see the next season. Oh my, our next episode. So it's a it's a it's a fun story and uh, I I can't believe how well people are taking it and how well it's like the little things that are working out like when we shot the first one I I wanted to shoot it under a street light and I spent five hours in my car waiting for this one spot in North Hollywood to open up and just when everybody was showing up the car pulled away I pulled in and and we started it was like. Every time we needed to do something, it worked out perfectly. I, I needed a stand-up club, and my friend owns a theater, and he, he goes, hey, why don't you come to my theater? And I literally picked the crew up, and we drove right there over to the theater and reshot the whole thing. And it's just been step after step. And Izzy, who play, Izzy Diaz, who plays the other character in the show, Sammy, and I, um, we just click. Like, I've never worked with anybody where I say, I want to shoot it like this, and they're like, okay, sounds great. Right. Or I, I don't like that idea. Okay, we won't do it. And I'm like, wow, this this works out great. We're very awesome, lucky. I mean, the last episode is ten minutes long, and nobody has complained that it's too long, which felt good. Yeah, no, I I, I mean, I watched it the other day, and, and I I thought it was uh, a good length and stuff like that. Like nobody's nobody said anything. I, it seems to fit, Joe. It's it's definitely working. You can see the vision there, and. You know, you look, you've been at this a long time. You've been in the industry a long time. Um, you know, this is the way that things get done now, right? Like, yeah. you, you have an idea, you go and shoot it. You, you've gathered all these resource, uh, resources over the years from working on Punk and from being an art director. And, you know, you have all these resources at your disposal. You go and shoot it and you shoot a web series and you just do it, you know? That's what happened. I mean, I don't know. I did a – I was on a – a couple of years ago, I did. I was on Disney. I like. Yeah. I got to be the co-host of a Disney show, and I was like, "This is it!" Like everybody loved me. It was great. It was awesome. And, and then we did like 
we averaged 3.2 million an episode for six episodes, and it was like, here it goes, finally. I remember you going, hey, you're a 25 years success. Here you go, finally it's going to happen. And then, like, they just said, nah, it's too much money. Nah, we spent all our money on Hannah Montana. We ain't got no money left. And then they just kind of dumped the show. And, right. and that feeling of, like, waiting for somebody else to create your art or do the art that you want to do, you're going to wait around for a lifetime and never say anything. So it was, that was like a, a lesson. And then I'm sitting with Izzy and I go, hey, I have this idea about I'm a guy and there's this, and you're, you're sometimes alive and sometimes not. And he's like, all right, great, let's get some cameras and shoot it. And that's why we shot it because he said the same thing you did. It's just like, get some cameras. Why wait around? Stop talking about it. Let's do it. And, or it yeah. had never been done. It, it say that to me. I've written a I million scripts. I, <laughs> I send you scripts every six months. Steve, read the script. Steve, write a script with me. <laughs> uh, Cal, I think your girls, did your girls not watch the Disney show that Joe well, was on? That's what I'm, I'm curious about because I do have two girls who are addicted to Disney. So they might have seen the show. I think they did at the time because we were on the air. And I think, I think they, what was the name of that show again, Joe? Code 9. Code 9. Yeah. That was it, yeah. Yeah, I think, Peach, I think uh, you might have had uh, children that watched it as well. You I that, tried that, to wipe that period from my memory. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> the Disney years? Like, like, yeah, I finally got them watching at least network shows now, and I just, wanna, I just want the rest of it to go away. <laughs> you mean, what was it, Alvin and Alley and all those other shows? Oh, God. Austin and Alley is what it is. Oh. Austin and Stop. <laughs> I know that all too well. Yes, sounds. I don't know like why it. they right. didn't fit. It was all pretty children, and I'm blowing up golf carts. Yeah, I wonder where one of these things is not like the other. What What <laughs> happened out there? I I can't explain it. <laughs> right, we're, we're we're blowing things up all over the place, and uh, they have uh, Hannah Montana or Cal talks yeah. about these shows. I, I I can't even fathom them. I can't fathom. Them. What's the one that did the parody of of Breakfast Club? Oh, that, was that was on Nickelodeon, though. Oh, Victorious on Nickelodeon. Oh, my bad. That's yeah. a, I'm sure we hey, not yeah. mention that. <laughs> I think you'll find better writing on Nickelodeon, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing yeah. better than being fired by a, from something by a large rat. Oh, Joe, Mickey, you're not coming back this time. Sorry, buddy. Like, how do you much better? Better next time. Joe, we're going to wrap it up. Um, listen, buddy, uh, and oh, what's up with your Eagles? You feel good? You feel good about the Eagles? Oh, my God. Uh, I'm such a theater, I have to do things. I missed the last quarter, but I feel good, man. I love Chip Kelly. I think the Eagles I think the Eagles have a shot at it this year. They, they got a lot of heart. I'm really, you know, last season, they may not have won. They may have lost that first game in the playoffs and all that, but I had so much fun watching the Eagles last year, the, the, the no huddle. The funny pictures, the call-out plays, and the weird thing that three guys on the sidelines doing three different plays uh, at the same time to, to confuse the other team. It finally made watching the Eagles less painful and more fun. That's I, I, every Eagle, yeah. Every Eagle fan that I know, you among them, uh, said last year was one of their most easily one of the most fun seasons they've ever had. Like watching the team, it really did. They, they, I got an Eagle fan in my office. My buddy Gio and G was like, 
it was the best season ever. Like the videos and the you know the everybody getting behind it and everybody had a blast flash. And Chip Kelly's a nut. He's a nut. That's what the Eagles need. They, they enough seriousness. It's, it's a game of football. We need to enjoy it, not be stressed out. Well, at least not for the first five games. Then after that, I'll be stressed. <laughs> right. Then after that, they they can paint Jaws sucks on the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, um, thank you so much, brother. Great luck with the web series. We're going to continue to uh, to have it on the website and stuff like that. And um, you know, continued success with it, man. I'm really happy for you. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Cal. Thanks, PJ. Steve, it's always good talking to you, my brother. Yeah, we'll talk soon, brother. We'll catch up. Say hi to the wife. I will. You too. Say hi to the wife and kids. I will. Be good, Joe. All right. Closet land. Closet wow. land. I can't, I can't even get over that. That's fantastic. You were on the same wavelength with everything with him, though. That was crazy. It's got to be a jersey. You're right. It's got to be a jersey. It's a jersey thing. thing. You guys are from Jersey. Although PJ's originally from Staten Island. <laughs> I don't think liking a Madeline Stowe movie makes me <laughs> in line with Jersey people, does it? Hey, listen, Gray Stoke, all right? Take it easy. Okay. <laughs> can Boy, I, can I be Stoke. Bishop Gray Stoke next week, please? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Please. A million times, yes. Oh, coming next week. <laughs> coming up next week, Bishop Gray Stoke joins us. And I'll talk like this. I... I'm Bishop Greystoke. Um, yes. Can we effort that? Let's make that happen, please. I can't. I can't believe you're going to pull your hair out about the apocalypse now thing. I'm sorry. It just. It wasn't what it was supposed to be. I'm sorry. I feel like I owe you an apology. Well, I, I'm surprised that it got into the category of letdown for you. It, because it had been built so built up, I didn't see it till I was like a junior in college. And it was so That's a up. great time to see it. As a college you student, think, that's you built think. for you. You would think. Yeah. Right. Then not so much. We need to we need you to were drunk. Up. Yes, I was. Admit it, you were drunk. Happily. We uh we need to uh expand on this topic though. I like and you you sort of hit on it uh with Linder by accident on um on Facebook when I asked for the ten you know, the 10 uh, novels or, or 10 books that influenced you or whatever. Didn't you do like the, oh, 10, God, that band, was... <laughs> the 10 bands yeah. you were disappointed in or something like that? Or the, uh, 10, the, books, uh, the Lin, 10 books you were disappointed in? Linda came up with, well, yeah, I came up with uh, 10 books that actually did nothing for me, but I finished them anyway. Right. Um, and I, <laughs> that, that list could have been 50. Um, I got ripped apart from my from my list of influential books because they were all too old. Right. Um, but I thought they were supposed to be influential, like it, yeah, you know, something you read long ago. And well, whatever. And then and then Linder uh, came up with it with a great topic, which was um, uh, bands that you're really supposed to love. You know that every completist says you have to have these but they're really only good for listening to in the background while you're vacuuming. Right. <laughs> <laughs> excellent topic. We need to, we need to, we're, um, we might have Jay on next week. So uh, we need to do that with him when we do, because that's, that's fantastic. It really is good. This is cool. so true. And I, and I thought your, I thought your, um, your, your book list was great. I thought both your book lists were great. I agreed with probably seven of the 10 books on your, 
on your supposed to be influential were not influential books. <laughs> Some books, yeah. I mean, come on, just not great, just not. Uh... Confederate, Confederacy of Dunces leading the way. That was well. See, see now, if Apocalypse Now was oversold to you, Confederacy of Dunces was way oversold to me. Hugely, like, as well. This is the book of like. This is for you. Like the way Catch Twenty Two was for that generation, and the way Catcher in the Rye was for that generation. Confederacy of Dunces is like just for you. And I opened it, and it was okay. I mean, it was great. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> Were you expecting and, and that's to welcome where it you? Stayed. I was expecting to connect, you know, sometimes when you connect with a book and it's and it's like it becomes that book and you're like you're carrying it around even though you're not going to read it that day, you're still carrying it around. Have yeah. you ever done that? Yes. I think that's what it was proposed to me that Confederacy of Dunces was supposed to be. Yeah, I, I told totally, it. As totally it turns agree. out, it's a book that I could read once and then Give Not away. so much. Yeah. <laughs> and then put in a box and never yeah. see again. And say, hey, why don't you read this? Because I'm not going to read it again. Keep it. <laughs> you know what? You can't read that back. <laughs> no, no. All right, it's, Cal. It's, Ten most influential okay. books. Go on the spot. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's a, <laughs> but that's what, but you know what? You're, you're laughing, but that's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to just be off the top of your head. You weren't supposed to overthink it. You were just supposed to think of ten, ten books that were a huge influence on you off the top of your head. Like I did my list in about eight minutes. It just, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the first ten books I could th- – I mean, some of them are easy. There are three or four books that are my favorite books of all time. So they're hugely influential to me. But, like, that was the idea. You're supposed to do it off the top of your head. Yeah. And not Coincidentally, put too much into it. I only came up with one or maybe two that I had read within the last 15 years. That was kind <laughs> of funny. I mean, I, I really went back. <laughs> I don't think I, – I, I had a few that are in the last ten years, like mm-hmm. Motherless, Motherless Brooklyn, and you know the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, and a couple of as, you know heartbreaking work of Staggering Genius, a staggering work of Heartbreaking Genius. Either one. Um, I think it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, yeah, work, it's, it's right. It, it, okay. Yes, I'm joking. Dave Eggers. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but um, yeah, no, nothing in the last five years, for sure. Cal, give us three. I've read three. Give me three books. Three okay books. Just anywhere from okay to super okay. Three books. It could could be nonfiction as well. Top of my head, one flew over the New York Post. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) One flew over the cuckoo's nest is a great call. I like that one. And would be okay. I haven't read that. On what? I'm sorry. What now? No, I never read that one. Sorry. Wait a second. Hold on. I'm out. Oh, this is the night I got fired. Okay. I didn't know this is the night I'm getting fired. All right. I'm out. (laughs) He's one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. That was the first book that came to the top of my head. I've read maybe 12 books in my life. (laughs) Oh, come on. And you haven't read that one. I've never, no, I've never read that. You have a degree in literature. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how did 
did that, that one, how did that one not get on the syllabus? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I this I is feel like I should, acceptable. I'm gonna have to go out and buy this now. All right. Don't worry, I'll load it to you. <laughs> I, mean, I think I have like ten copies. I did my my high school thesis on it. I never knew the book was that good. Honestly, this is actually news to me. What is I didn't, wrong I didn't with you? Know I didn't know that this was a revered book. I wow. have big gaps. You know this. I have big it's cultural gaps. It's revered. You have blind spots the size of a man, Minnesota. Yeah. That's a Absolutely. Man. <laughs> that is just... Is Minnesota a big state, by the way? Just threw it out there. And I'm, <laughs> I have big geographical <laughs> gaps. You said the size of man, Minnesota. Like Where a wrestler. Right. <laughs> a big... And Minnesota. Wow, he's Top big. three wrestlers that have influenced you. Go. That's kid, how big he is. Kid Minnesota. The boxer. <laughs> yeah, he fought out of Detroit. <laughs> kid Minnesota. He's a southpaw. He's a southpaw out of Detroit. Um, give me another book, Cal. Okay, Quick. Give you another one? Let's, see, let's see what else PJ didn't read. You want, I'll give of you the twelve. <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul. Sorry. I, anytime I hear of the twelve. The uh, Bronx is Burning. It's a nonfiction book. Yep. Of the summer of 77. Yep. I actually love that book. It's a great book. Yeah. You didn't read that, PJ, did you? <laughs> is it about the sports? No, it's yes and no. It's about everything that went on. And, yeah. yeah, it's about you know the the turmoil in New York City in the summer of 1977. Well, I saw the miniseries, but the only sports-related book I think I've ever read, I think this is right, would be The Natural. I think that's it. Which, I don't think which I've read is, any any other. As, as discussed on this program, the most depressing book in the history of mankind. Well, <laughs> it's up there. It's really up there, I, especially if you you were an 11-year-old kid when you saw the movie. It's your favorite movie of all time, and then when you were 15, you read The Natural, and you wanted to punch Bernard Malamud, if you could find him. <laughs> we didn't have the internet back then, so we couldn't no, find him. We couldn't find him. Plus, he was dead. What? They don't end the same? <laughs> Spoiler alert. That's not right. I didn't know they could do that. Um, give me one more book, Cal. Gotta have it. And we can wrap this bad boy up. Oh boy! Third <laughs> book. Because I'm not a reader. Name a book <laughs> you want to read. I'm not a reader. I have no interest. I don't, I don't want to read a book. I have reading no books. interest in the words. The printed page uh, means nothing I read, to me. I read Stephen King's It, and I thought that was good. Did you really? I did. I can't read a Stephen King book. I watched the miniseries. Right. Yeah, let me, let me, let me read. This, this was it, like one of the, the six-month periods in my life where I actually read. <laughs> there, were, there have been three of them? Maybe two or three of them. And they usually come on the heels of seeing a movie. And I'm like, oh, let me read the book and see. Right. And that's, that's kind of where that came from. I, uh, I cannot, I've never gotten through a Stephen King novel, ever. No? Never finished one. Because, because of the terror or because of you don't like the writing style? A little bit of both. Mostly the terror. Oh. 
I don't like scary movies. I don't like scary books. My imagination. Scary. My imagination does. Ju- is there a clown in it? Is there a yeah, bad but- clown? I don't care for clowns. I'm frightened of clowns. That's I'll so say it. Cliche. I don't care. So I'm a cliche. I'm a scared cliche. I'm a frightened cliche who gets a, who hides under a blanket when he sees Tim Curry saying, "Come here, fat boy." That's what I do. I couldn't watch it. There's no chance. Couldn't watch it. Never read a Stephen King novel, ever. Okay. May never. I got one. I got one Stephen King on my on my best list, and I had one Stephen King on my worst list. See, I had Shining on my on my best list, and Carrie on the worst list. Oh God, that book is terrible. Didn't like Carrie. Did not care for Carrie. Now is that a true story? (laughs) That is a true story. You had uh, two angry. You had two Vonnegut's on your favorites. I. Uh, I think I put uh, Cat's Cradle and Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah, I had the same two. Right. Yeah. Those were Slaughterhouse Five is very I, special to me. I debated putting Breakfast of Champions there, though, and I'll tell you why. Even though Cat's Cradle and Slaughterhouse are way more favorite books of mine, Breakfast of Champions was the first book I read by him, and. Mm fitting along with our theme, was recommended unbelievably highly to me. And it fit the bill. It was the first Vonnegut book I read. Uh, I had an uncle who um, recommended it and said, it's an unbelievable book. You've got to read it. You've got to check it out. It's a great book. It's a great book. And, um, and it did. It met the expectations, but mainly for the writer. Like, I don't love Breakfast of Champions. I probably have only read it like two or three times. I, I don't love it. Mm-hmm. But it led me to the rest of Vonnegut, which yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It was the gateway drug. Yeah, for Vonnegut, just like on the road was the gateway drug for Kerouac. Except, I like on the road is my favorite book of all time, but it's also the most influential book for me personally. You know, again, it's like when you see a movie, when you hear a song, when you read a book. You know, stuff hits you when you're in a spot. Like, I can't... Uh, ten years ago, I could have watched The Leftovers. I could have. Mm-hmm. There's too much at stake now. I got too much I got too much on the line. I got too much of a footprint right Funny now. Funny how things change, huh? Yeah, to watch that show. I could... I could see... Yeah, I could see why, but it's... It's, it's a very interesting post-9-11... You know, when people say it's a post-9-11 world... And then conversations tend to steer towards, like, politics or, you know. Um, this, is like a, this is like a post-9-11 existential um, movie. Right. And it's very unexpected in that way, you know. Like you said, it, 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 was, it seemed to be about a lot of people in search of a philosophy because their old one was stripped away. Right. It's, and it, it's very... Very interesting, and also gut-punching, horrifying. <laughs> not in a scary, not in a scary clown way. Not in a don't go in the dark room. There's something under the bed way. Just yeah, no, a, I, I get it. I've, yeah, I've lost everything, kind of way. Yeah, it's in a mortality sort of way. Yeah, yeah. On that note, 
I have no interest in anything like that. No. <laughs> I really don't. There's no, there's no joy in it. Very, it, it. It really was a hard show to watch. It really was. That is so um, true, though. There is actually no joy in it. <laughs> it's unrelenting. There's no yeah. moment of relief when you're like, oh, look what they nope. did. No. Nope. 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 Um, so uh, let's wrap it up, boys. Shall we? Fine. Oh, uh, I will say this. Mad Men. I've been trying to get you to watch Mad Men since it came out. So I'm saying about coming to this thing. It's Mad Men. Okay, important. Please watch it. I'm never going to watch Mad Men. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. It's on my list of things to do. There's, there's Mad Men and Breaking Bad and Walking Dead, and they're all. It's going to happen. All of it's going to happen. I other promise. Two world titles. <laughs> and other two world titles. Yeah. PJ, final on those. Oh, uh, well, it just makes me sad. They they, they uh, took down the classic iPod. You can't buy it anymore. It's the end of an era. I don't know how long it was out. What was that, 10 years, 12 years, 13 years, something like that? And it got as big as like 160 gigs. It was magnificent if you were just into music and didn't need the other things. So, oh, well, farewell, iPod. Wah. Cal, final unload. It was a rough night to be a ball player tonight as uh, Chase Headley got hit in the face for the Yankees. Giancarlo Stanton got hit in the face. He stretched off the field. Daniel Murphy got hit in the wrist. I don't know what was going on out there. Jason Morris got hit. I don't know what was going on out there, but it was... Uh, they say it's not a contact sport. Tell these guys. I'm Brian Cal. <laughs> <laughs> And my final unload is, hey, Jeff Wilpon, I sure hope this goes to trial. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week. I'm ready to unload with Cal and Sampede. Good night, boys. Good night. You haven't read One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? What gives? What gives? What gives? Good night.